Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Making Waves for the official season four kickoff. Can we get some cheers, everybody? It's been a little bit of time since the last time we had one of these podcasts. So before diving into everything that we've got for you, we do want to quickly introduce all our hosts before we'll tell you a little bit about what this podcast is going to cover for the next year or so. So I can start off. My name is Jeffrey Engel. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a fourth year studying merchandising management with a minor in sociology, and I'm a leadership liaison here at the Cultural Center. Hey everyone, my name is Naya Afo and my pronouns are she and her. I am a third year student majoring in sociology with a focus on indigenous studies and my position at the APCC is as a community relations representative. Hi everyone, my name is Aaron Vong. I use he him pronouns. I am a second year studying design and innovation management and I am one of the CRRs. Hi, I'm Stella Luong. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm also one of the CRR uh, for APCC. For those who may be listening to us for the first time and might be wondering what exactly Making Waves is, Making Waves is a podcast under the Asian Pacific Culture Center at Oregon State University, which strive to highlight the experience of Asian and Pacific Islander here on campus and the greater Ipita community. We gather to facilitate different dialogues surrounding the culture culture, diversity, and identity of the Asian and Pacific Islander experience. We hope folks can resonate with our stories as well as um, expose themselves to some new ideas and perspective. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, we have a few topics already planned out. Sanaya, do you want to give them a little preview of what can they can expect in the weeks? I would love to give them a preview. For our first episode, we'll be focusing on navigating college through an API lens. Our second episode will be talking about coming back from the holidays. Our third episode will be about the Lunar New Year. And our fourth episode will focus on the Pacific Islanders experience, specifically here at Oregon State. Solid. So like Naya said, for this episode, we just want to touch a little bit on about what it's like to navigate college as an APITA student. Um, mostly really why we have this podcast to begin with, because we wouldn't have it if there wasn't a reason for us to need our own representation. Nice. So before we kick it off, I think we just want to do maybe a few quick definitions, just in case everybody is unfamiliar with some of the terms. We'll be saying the word APITA a lot. That is an acronym for Asian Pacific Islander Desi American, and basically the gist what everything all of the identities that are encompassed by the Asian and Pacific Cultural Center here on campus. So um, for me, I'm actually an international student and um, I'm from Vietnam. Um, my college experience has been pretty great, you know, uh, why I came here literally genuinely just because my parents want me to be here. Coming from like an actual Asian country and I've been like, you know, born and raised the culture difference that I have to counter for the first year that I'm in the state and then like everything just kind of like hits or like homesick. It's just like so different. Um, it makes it, I don't know, it feels, um, it feel a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that's the culture shock. Most of us are from, I mean, we're all from the States for the most part. I know two of us are from Portland, one's from Utah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know it was hard for me just coming from a place like Portland to Corvallis. It's a cow town out here, man. Like, <laughs> what was like that first impression for you, Stella, when you when you oh came to Corvallis? Oh my god! Because I was like, I was born and raised in Hanoi, which is like one of the biggest city in Vietnam. So coming here, I was like having all these expectations. Oh, America! Oh, America! The movies. And then I go to Corvallis. Out of all places. <laughs> out of all in places. The world. And I was like, 
this is so interesting. No, but it's like it's very different for me. I mean, that first impression's hard. Like when I first arrived in Corvallis, and you kind of take a temperature of a place. Like there are a few things you look for, like that initial observation. Like first, it's just people. It's pretty white. You know what I mean? So. That's a box unchecked. <laughs> and then it's like, you kind of want to settle in and nothing really settles you in like that food. They always say the food is what makes you feel comfortable when you arrive somewhere, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like like on the other end of that, like if you want that comfort from the food and it tastes like that, mm -hmm. I mean, it could be hard. Yeah. Like when you can't find comfort in your comfort food, it's it's tough. Uncomfortable really food. Is, mm -hmm. you know? Naya, how did you end up in beautiful Corvallis, Oregon? Man, you know, um, I had family ties to Oregon State University before this. I had a few uncles who um, just were involved in athletics here. And um, I remember visiting here when I was like eight years old. And, you know, I well, to start off, I was born and raised in um, L.A. And then by the time it was middle school, I, due to family circumstances, I had moved to Utah. And, um, you know, because I was in L.A. for the most part, it's a lot, of, it's very city-like. Um, it's a diverse culture. And when I came here, um, I just thought it was so beautiful. I never, I never breathed fresher air. Like, seriously. I mean, pollution is crazy out there. People are just, you know, going out, going on about their life as if, like, there isn't a fog and haze. Just, you know all up in your face but um I just thought it was so beautiful and I never seen so much colors and greenery and um it was clean there was not trash I mean yeah I didn't go to Portland so you know Corvallis didn't really have trash like that and I was just like I I totally see myself um being a student here I basically um applied with no means of I mean, I had no really like financial support, so I wasn't really sure how it would go even if I did get accepted. And at the time, I didn't really think I could get accepted just because, you know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't like overperforming. Um, I was more so just like a, a pretty mid student, just passing all my classes. So um, when I received my application letter, um, you know, it was really interesting for me because I didn't tell my family at first because, I mean, how are you going to tell your family you got accepted somewhere and that they're going to have to pay thousands of dollars to fund that, and, you know? And you're the first person in your family to go to college, right? Mm. Yes, I am. So I, like the struggles of, you know, just being a person of color um, and coming from a family that doesn't have finances to, um, you know, to help me advance in life was difficult. But um, sure enough, as time progressed and opportunities arose, I was able to um, attain a, an educational scholarship, an academic scholarship Ooh. that was able to cover um, most, if not all of my tuition. So um, yeah, that's what really got me here. And for PETA, I fall within the Pacific Islander um, unit and I am from Tonga and Samoa which are Pacific Islands and um, you know just like I said before being a first generation student um, there's lots of challenges that can come with that um, especially when it comes to when it comes to school but we can get into that later mm -hmm. we can get into that later I can do it later yeah yeah dude I like completely understand that. the the <laughs> like the green like the pollution stuff because um like when I got here, it's also like one of my like actual first time that I can see stars in the sky. Mm. It was so clear, like nothing here. It's like polluted at all. Like I would just like at home during like high school, I woke up so early and I go to class 
it's like six in the morning and it's like it looks foggy mm-hmm. and then i told my friend oh my god like it's look foggy it's like so romantic this morning on my way to school <laughs> and then my friend just looked at me and I she was like it. um it's pollution <laughs> and i was like all right 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 like, right yeah like the mist that we see here or like mm-hmm. the fog that's here is actually like fog. like it's clean it's air mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. water it's clean evaporation so Espe- awesome. especially if you're coming from a place where they tell you not to drink the tap water like portland's <laughs> yeah. pretty lucky but um we'll touch on it but I, I i'm half korean we'll talk about that too i'm half korean i studied abroad in korea uh last year but like the second i stepped off that plane it was just poop well on that topic of environments Aaron, what brought you to osu yeah so i'm originally from portland oregon grew there my entire life you know was Oregon State my first choice? No. <laughs> but hey, at least I'm here. And it's also because my oldest sister, she went to UO, and my middle sister goes to OSU. So even though I'm far away from home, I still have people in my family that I can talk to. But my experience at OSU has been pretty good. I joined the APCC just because I wanted to be more involved with the community, but also I needed money. Right, and that's another challenge we can talk about. It's here for the money, not the culture. (laughs) Yeah, that's all about me. (laughs) Well, for better or for worse, we're all now in Corvallis. I guess I didn't share my story, did I? You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. Well, I'm also from Portland, Oregon. I said I studied merchandising management. I came here for the merchandising program. It's pretty solid. Like, there were other programs in the country that seemed interesting, but... I kind of wanted to be close enough to my family to see them when I miss them. Mostly when, like, I'm running particularly low on, like, the money. (laughs) I drive home, and they buy me my groceries. They send me stuff. Like, if I forget my jacket, like, I can just go get it. I don't have to, like, fly back to New York. It's what families are for. That's what families are for, yeah. So, regardless, we ended up in Oregon State University. Uh, What's it called? A PWI? A primarily white institution? Predominant. A PWI, a predominantly white institution. But regardless, I think that if we're going to touch on, you know, this podcast, we got to, like, got to give ourselves like a rap sheet you know like mm-hmm. why 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 should we even be here so how did everybody get in, in, in touch like initially with the apita community here at osu yeah my first actually experience with um the apita community was <laughs> through parties mm-hmm. <laughs> um they party. the parties you know um my first year coming back from COVID to um back to osu for school um i went to the first party that was actually I walked into it and I was like, wow, so many Asians. Like, that's crazy. Because all like the party that I went to during my freshman year was like white. It was like, you know, like just white people's party. And then I was like, "Mm." you know, I was having fun. But also I was like, I'm a little lost up until pretty like like recently when I started working with APCC that I'm I'm, like more involved in like events and then get like educated more in um about like you know a PETA community within Oregon State and then in America as well um but yeah through like you know just like parties and stuff like that um I got involved with the PETA community um first through the Pacific Islander Club um well before I even attended the first meeting I was already given like an officer position. I was made treasurer. That just goes to show how they had absolutely like nobody on the cabinet board and like they were literally on the verges of disappearing. And I feel like that's what tends to happen within like broader um broader institutions where there's like lots of there's lots of people so it's easy to get lost in the data. 
being able to participate in the Pacific Islander Club um, as an as a officer before I was even a member was kind of the way that I got introduced to the APCC and the API Council and um, to, yeah. And That's yeah. so amazing. <laughs> That's so amazing. Oh, shut up. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, it was clubs for me too. Like freshman year, week one, Apisu's got to be a canon event. It's like, I feel like everybody, ha not everybody, we all have our own varied experiences, but I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that experience of like, you show up at a college and then like, you just want to meet somebody. And so you walk in a room and it's like a hundred, like, frankly, Asian people just looking back at you. It's stressful, bro. Everybody's got like a black tank top on, <laughs> like open shirt. When I was here as a freshman, everybody had their pearls on. So I'd be like 50 dudes with middle parts and pearls. It's just looking exactly like me. It was a little like, embarrassing. Like, are you my cousin? Yeah, it's like, I like your outfit, bro. Yeah, but for me, it was also the club. So I came during the COVID year. So there was virtually nothing here. Um, I got involved with one club, People of Color in Business. Shout out POCIB. If you're in business, go engage with them, please. Um, but it was a really fun time. It was a small club. But if I was being honest, like, I did still feel a little bit starved for that I guess, connection of people who I didn't have to explain things to when I tried to mention something. We've thrown like some references out already. And it's like, I don't want to explain why I make that reference in the first place, right? I want people to understand it. Mm -hmm. And so I got in contact with APASU and the Asian Pacific Cultural Center. You know, I stayed consistent. It really just become a place where I went with my friends who I met at parties like Stella. And it really just snowballs. Like, I feel like once you meet one person, like that's that. Like, you meet that one guy who knows everybody, and now you know everybody, too. Like, that's been a challenge, too, with being in school is, oh, I really want to connect with other people, so I'm going to put myself out there. And I feel like everyone that um, comes to university, um, you know, with the expectation of, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so great. I'm going to make friends. And, and then, like, you're friendless for the whole year. Or, I mean, of course, not speaking from my own experience, <laughs> but from my from the experiences that I've heard of um, from others, um, you know, it's just difficult um, trying to find your community unless you really put yourself out there and you have to be prepared for, you know, things not working out, but then also be prepared for things working out in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how about you, Aaron? Um, yeah. So for me, um, my first year, me and my high school friends, like we all went here. So I didn't really like needed to look for a community and I'm gonna <laughs> lie the only time I interacted with the Apita community was when I needed to print at the APCC <laughs> free printing shout out to the right. full color full color yep. can you talk a little bit more about that anxiety walking in the APCC did you guys also feel that way when you came into the center well I kind of first heard about the APCC through other club members of the Pacific Islander Association. We usually um, host um, our meetings at the Ina House, which is um, a center for indigenous folks, both from um, the Americas and the Pacifics. But um, I kind of found the APCC by accident. Um, and then when I, I remember walking in, because I was like, oh, this is the Asian and Pacific Center. Okay, this is my center. Like, of course, I'm going to go in. And then um, I just remember walking in, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's only, like, Where's the Pacific? Where's the Pacific people at? Um, and then I just looked around, and then I, I think it was like Kayla or whoever was on staff at that time, and I was just like, hey, and they're like, hey, and I was like, okay. So then, like, you know, I wanted a tour, but I was too scared to ask for a tour, so I kind of just like walked myself around. Um, but yeah, it was kind of um, what's the word? It, yeah, that's 
it was intimidating. It was intimidating. But um, sure enough, things aligned in my life to where now I'm in a position to welcome people into the center and hopefully make it not so intimidating. Moral of the story is ask for a tour when you come in. Honestly, we give good tours. Yeah. It's great tours. Ask for a cup of coffee. Mm. Or printing. <laughs> Are, you know, is there any advice that you guys have um, for Asian and Pacific Islander students who might feel alienated or marginalized within this predominantly white institution? I guess, like, don't be afraid of really, like, just, like, be engaged with clubs. Even though it doesn't, like, fit you, you can always just, you know, try again. If you, like, were to, like try a lot of the times you would find like a standing ground like comfortable in it but if you never try then you never know like like how to kind of like experience it and have like all those like stuff to navigate um within the community i guess my advice would be to um i said this earlier is to put yourself out there put yourself in places where you know you might not think that you would like because i didn't think i was gonna like the apcc and sure enough i'm here I'm here on a podcast talking for the APCC. Like, what? It goes against everything I I stood for freshman year. But um, just put yourself out there and, you know, dip your toes into different waters. You never know. um, You never know. That's I guess that's just my thing. You never know what can happen. So dip your toes, making waves. (laughs) Dive into it. Dive into the abyss. Dive into the unknown. Because seriously, you, you never know what you'll find. Yeah. And. I'm probably the worst person to ask this because I don't really put myself out there, nor would I really want to, to be honest. <laughs> to be completely transparent, and that's what we're about. Surfing. I actually don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm basically just going to reiterate what everyone said. I think finding that right person that kind of introduces you to like a whole new community is kind of important. But I think just putting yourself out there also. You know, like I had to put myself out there to get this job. Or, like, be on this podcast because I didn't want to. <laughs> but here I am, you know, because I'm just putting myself out there. And that's what you should do, too. All right, you know, we've covered a lot of topics. We've done a lot of yapping. I think that it's time for our once, maybe, maybe several times per episode, little fun segment where you give you guys our own personal opinions. So for this week, in honor of all of us talking about our freshman year experiences, it's the one of the hotter topics. We want to talk about dining halls. Best, worst meals, perspectives, opinions. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I never really had a meal plan card. So I've only been to like maybe two dining halls, that being West and Arnold. But I mean, I might get some hate for this, but I really like Arnold Dining Hall, you know? And it was right behind my work, too. So I guess convenience also plays into it. But um, I heard they don't wash their rice. So, oh. I mean, be careful about that. But other than that, their beef or whatever was fire. How did you even hear that? <laughs> Bro, somebody told me. Do you have a least favorite dining hall? Least favorite dining hall? Um, I haven't really been to McNary. But, I mean, if people are calling it McNasty, bruh, I mean, whether it goes to the food or the people that live there, I'm not going anywhere near that. Believe that. What about what about everyone else? Lay, to- Lay told you. <laughs> oh, it was Lay. Yes, Lay told me they don't wash their rice. Our graphic designer and sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite dining hall? Arnold. What specifically from Arnold? I like their, like, um, uh, acai bowl. They have acai bowl. And then they also have, like, um, ramen that I think. No like, way. I like it. 
Like, they have ramen. I was like, low-key, I had one one time, and it was spicy. Like They have options for broth, but, um, you know, for dining hall food, it's it's reasonable. You know, it's like, it's like fine, but it's good for a dining hall food. Um, worst, McNary. Um, I don't see any Asian section there. I'm not like, I don't see any Asian section, but, like, all they offer is, like, chow mein and then stir-fry stuff. And, and their stir-fry is so oily. Like, mm, I was, like, drinking, like, five, like, liters of oil in my, like, food. But, yeah, Orno has a lot of good stuff. Um, plus, like, they, they're literally, like, the only um, dining hall that opens 20, like, a lot of, like, for the most part More during, hours. like, uh, holidays and stuff like that. Yeah. But if I were to, like, if MU is an option, because I s- still can use my dining hall or, like, orange cash at the MU, I would choose the MU. Mm-hmm. Right, the off the quad thing. Have off the quad, off the quad has fresh tuna and salmon. Mm-hmm. They have a poke bowl. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, for me, best one, hundred percent off the quad. When I, I'm gonna out myself again. I was on campus for two years because I just had that few. I didn't make friends until spring term freshman year. And so me everybody too. had housing. Hey, we're not high fiving. Okay, wait. No, let's, let, we're let them listen. Let them listen. Okay. Ow, did you just hit me? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely out the quad. The grilled cheese and tomato soup I promote on like a daily basis. It's good. The biscuits and gravy in the morning, delicious. I met my roommates for the first time by eating their acai and poke bowls. The worst food, Ring of Fire, was one of the most disappointing things I've had in my entire life. At West Dining Hall, like the West Sandwich Bar is good. It's good. I like the West Sandwich Bar, but the Ring of Fire was like repulsive, bro. I tried like some Korean like bibimbap bowl there one time, and my mom was adopted. Like I'm barely, I'm I'm Korean on a technicality, right? <laughs> but like it was disgusting, bro. I I got nauseous. <laughs> Number one off the quad. Number lowest, <laughs> highest. <laughs> Number worst, Ring of Fire. I don't really like any of the dining halls, to be honest. Hating on everything. <laughs> Hater for real. But trust, I will fuck up Serrano's, aka mm. bootleg Chipotle. I do like that. Um, my favorite thing is the orange chicken bowl from ILC. <coughs> Last year, I think I ate that like like days and days straight. Because like, everything else was so ass. And I lived in Tebow, so it was in McNary. And then McNary's like ass too. So I like lug myself to ILC. <laughs> like... At 7 p.m. while it's raining just to get the chicken bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's open late, too. Like, mm. And I started star shipping this year. Can we touch on that bomb threat, too? Like, we're wrapping this up <laughs> soon. That bomb threat right. was crazy when that when that got announced. Um, but we still love our robots. Fun fact, they come to the APCC. They deliver to the APCC. We have all, mm-hmm. some of us, delivered to the APCC before. So we have talked enough about um, our freshman year experience as well as how we navigate ourselves within the community. Thank you guys for also listening to the first episode of Making Wave Season 4. We are very excited to get this back in the game. But before we go, we want to mention a couple of things. Um, episodes for this podcast will be released bi-weekly. Uh, so episode 2 will be released on January 26, 2 six. And that's about it. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Yay, bye.